KC, right? I asked my kids when they were little, but like, uh, so what'd you learn about in K Kids Celebration Day? Jesus. All right, anything in particular? He loves us. Okay, great. All right. Uh, so y'all know the answers, right? You know the answers. But out there in the real world, we're fake. Like tonight, you're going to go home, and most of you are going to take this gear off, and you're not going to put it on tomorrow. You're not going to put anything similar on. You're going to go, and you're going to be a different person, right? And it's like we take our church clothes off, and we just go back to being who we really are in the real world. At school, with our friends, with our families, at work, on our team, with our boyfriend or girlfriend, on social media, when we're texting, right? Okay, but listen, I get it. Because I don't want to condemn you. I'm not pointing the finger at you, but also not po but, and not pointing the finger at me, right? It's so difficult to live in this world and be a committed follower of Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, because there are so many other things that are trying to pull you away from that. There are so many other things that want to be your God. Here's what I mean. The truth is there's a lot of gods in our lives, but... But instead of, like, uh, like, other gods, they come in the form of things like money, all right? For, that's, that's one I deal with. It, for you, it might be uh, popularity. It might be acceptance on social media, how many followers you have on TikTok or Instagram. It might, be, it might be your academics, right? It might be, like, you're an athlete, and that's the one thing, like, you give all of your time to. might be your boyfriend. might be your girlfriend. might be a ton of different things, right? Um, it's all of those things. And it's not like we're it's not like we're actually like physically bowing down to these, like praying to your iPhone or whatever. Like maybe you are. That's just weird. I don't know. Um, but listen, a God is whoever or whatever has the highest importance in your life. And if you want to know what it is, here's how you know. What do you think about when you wake up in the morning? What's the first thing that hits your mind? Or, okay, besides food. All right. Besides, like, I got to pee right now, all right? What's that thing that when you're driving, music's off, you're not listening to a podcast, nothing, what do you think about? What do you daydream about? If you're, staying, if you're up at night and you're tossing and turning because you can't sleep, what's that thing that you just can't get out of your mind? What's the thing that if it was taken away from your life, you're not sure if you could go on? Um, that's a rhetorical question. Crystal, where do you go to school? Okay, if you go to Port Clinton, a rhetorical question is just one you don't have to answer. It's just one to think about, okay? All right, but to a rhetorical question, all right? It's who you give the ultimate or undivided devotion to in your life. So here's the thing. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that there's only one God, right? In fact, it says in Isaiah 45, 5, that I am the Lord and there is no other apart. For, there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. You see, tonight I want, I want to make it very clear for you that there is only one God. And it's clear that God's word says that there's only one God. And it's incredible to think that the one God that exists, that created everything, is a good and holy and personal God. In fact, he loves you so much that he desires a relationship with you. 
The God of the universe, the one that made the sun, the moon, the stars, everything, that one God desires to have a relationship with you. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, God, God here wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Yeah, and saved is like a real churchy word, all right? I was saved when I was 14. I was at a coffee house, and I walked down to the foyer, and there's a bunch of people standing around in a circle um, with this guy named Chuck, and he was like, I was like, hey, what are y'all doing? And he's like, they're getting saved. Do you want to get saved? And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know what from, but like, let's do this, okay? And uh, I got saved. I said a prayer, but guess what? Nothing changed, all right? But saved, because I don't really know what it meant, right? Saved is kind of a churchy word. Uh, but God wants us to know that the truth is that he is the one true God, and he wants to have a relationship with us. In fact, that's why you were created. You were created to love and to be loved by God. But the reality is we have a problem that the Bible would call sin. And I know that's like an uncomfortable word. That's, not a, that's a church word. It's not something y'all... You guys sit around and talk about it at, at lunch, you know, where it's like, hey, guys, how about sin? You guys want to talk about sin? No, you don't talk about that, right? And for a lot of us, we hear that word and we think about things like murder or terrorism or racism, like those types of things. But the truth is, is that sin is any way that we fall short of God's design for us. So that includes lying, even those little white lies that, you know, nobody's going to know. Um, it includes like cheating, that lust in our heart that no Nobody knows about it. it includes the things that we're looking at online when nobody else is around it includes all those things that nobody knows about right it's 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 what's in our hearts and we need to be saved from the effects or the consequences of that sin and I know what maybe like some of you are thinking you'd be like okay look I might have some sins but I'm like not as bad as like some people right well think about it like this we're all on a boat and that boat's sinking you might be on the upper deck of that boat or you might be in the basement of that boat. Doesn't matter. You're still going down. Because, it's, because we've, all, we've all sinned. Every single person has sinned. And there's a price to pay for that. Because the book of Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you guys ever watched the news? Probably not a lot. But you might remember a few years ago, there was a story that took place in Thailand. There was a soccer team that had went out on their day off to, to, to do some exploring, and they ended up in a cave. They ended up at one point being nearly two and a half miles under the ground, and because of floodwaters that were unexpected, they got trapped down there. You guys remember this story? It was kind of a big deal. And so, I mean, thank God they were able to finally rescue them and get them out, but I want you to think about that story and in your life, because Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says this, for he has rescued, right? He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You see, the one question that I want you to think about tonight is this, what are you going to do with Jesus? Because Jesus died on the cross for your sin. He, he, he came and he rescued you. You may be like, well, what do you mean he rescued me? He didn't do anything for me. He died on the cross so that your sin, as Joe was talking about, could be paid for in eternity. And John 1.12 says this. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah, and, and like this verse says, it says like the wages of sin is death, right? And, and you probably don't use that word wages a lot, but how many of you have a job, right? 
Okay, so what is a wage? Somebody tell me, what is a wage? How much you make. Thank you, right? You do X amount of work for X amount of hours, and your employee, or I'm sorry, employer owes you a wage, right? That's something you deserve. It's something that you've earned. And that's a huge problem for everyone in the room tonight, right? Because we've all earned death. And when it talks about death, it's not just talking about dying and being put in the grave or cremated. No, it's talking about eternal death. Eternal separation from God. Well, what Jesus talked about, I'm going to use another real uncomfortable word, he talked about hell. And that's the bad news. The good news is it says that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In 1 Timothy 2.5 it says this, For there is one God and one mediator between man and God. I'm sorry, one mediator who can reconcile God and, and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. Because we said that there's only one God. The reality is that there's only one way to him. That's not popular. That's not tolerant. That's not politically correct. That's not inclusive, right? But Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said that, right? So if somebody claims to be God, well, then they had better do something to back it up. Because if you claim to be God, you're either three, you're one of three things. You're either crazy, you're lying, or you're really God, and so how does one prove that he's God? Well, Jesus, in the last week of his life, he predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection. And in the very last week of his life, he marched into Jerusalem and pulled it off. He died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And we hear about that at Easter, and it just kind of goes through our mind. But I don't know if you know anybody that's died recently. I had a friend of mine named Scott Ford in Norwalk. He was an incredible man. He died a few weeks ago. If I saw Scott Ford... Okay, at Walmart tomorrow, I would lose my mind. You would lose your mind because you don't know anybody that's ever come back to life. But Jesus came back to life. And so if Jesus comes back to life, then he overcomes death, then that means he's God. And I'm going to go with what he says, and there's only one way to him. It says this, like you said, Tim, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So, how can, we, how can we wrap our minds around this? There was once a guy who um, would string a, string a rope across Niagara Falls, right? His name was Charles Blondin. Charles Blondin would stretch this rope. He was a tightrope rope walker, and he would stretch this rope across Niagara Falls, and so one day, this was, this was a long time ago, right? So one day, he, he, he stretches this rope across, and he goes out, and he's walking across, and obviously the crowd from the town shows up. And so they're like, he's like, hey, do you think I can walk across this rope? And they're like, yeah, sure, you, you've been doing it. And he's like, okay. Well, he happened to look down and see a wheelbarrow. And they said, he said, how do many of you think that I can take this wheelbarrow and go back and forth across the falls and not fall. Like, oh, yeah, we think you can do it. And so he, he, he takes the wheelbarrow and he walks across and he walks back. And everyone was very impressed. So then he notices a pile of rocks. So he's like, how about... Does anyone think that I can put this pile of rocks in this wheelbarrow and that I can take it back and forth across the falls on this tightrope? And they all cheered, yeah, you can do it, man. You're awesome. So he did it. 
took this, and he walked across, and he came back. So then he looked at the crowd because they kept saying, yeah, we believe in you, man. We believe that you can do it. And so what happens next is he says, okay, how many of you believe that I can put a person in this wheelbarrow and walk across and walk back? And they're like, oh, yeah, man, we can believe you can do it. And he said, okay, who will be the first one? And they all stopped. You see, here's the thing that happens with so many of us. Whether you've gone to church for a long time, whether maybe this is your first time in church in a while. You see, we all can say, I bet if I took a poll of, of everyone in this room, we would say, we believe in God. I believe in God. Yeah, if I took a poll, I would bet 99% of the room would go, yes, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But the problem is, is that just like, we're just like the people standing there watching the guy on the tightrope. Because we say we believe in him, but yet when it comes time to put our faith in him, our story changes. And that's the way I believe for so many of us, for so many of, of you as high school students, you will say, I believe in God. I believe in God. You wouldn't be here tonight. Yeah, I know, there's a mechanical bull and maybe that's the only reason you came and that's totally cool. But many of you come to 180 week in and week out because you believe in God. But the thing is, is how do we act when we walk out the door? What do we, how do we act when we walk into school on Monday morning? You see, are we, are we city slickers with our faith? Do we put on the, the, do we put on the garb? Do we, do we look the part when we come to church, when we come to 180? Do we look the part, but then when we go home, we take off the boots and the hats and the flannels and we put them away until next Sunday? Where are we at in our faith and our trust in Jesus? Because, see, we can believe as much as we want. We can believe all we want. But until we take the step of faith and we begin to put our trust in Jesus and we begin to live our life in a way that honors God and that pushes and grows our faith, we're being city slickers with our faith. So I want to challenge you here tonight. I want to challenge you to take a moment and really think about where you're at. Where you're at in your faith. Is your faith, is it a legitimate thing? Is it really, is it real for you? Or is there this aspect of being a city slicker? Where you play the part and, and, and you have your church friends and you have your, your school friends and you can be around one but you know, the, the two shall never mix. Because you don't want people to see how you act at school versus how you acted at church. I want you to think about that for a moment. So this is what we're going to do to kind of wrap things up here tonight. Is I want you to, I want everybody just to close your eyes. I want everybody just to, just to close your eyes. And I want you to think for a moment. Where are you, where are you, where are you at? Do you, do you believe in Jesus? Ask yourself that question. Do you believe in Jesus? And I'm going to venture to say that most of you have just answered the question in your mind, yes, I believe in Jesus. 
Now, if you said no, that's okay. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But if you're in this place tonight and you say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, I want you to ask him. I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to get in his wheelbarrow? What if Jesus was the one on the tightrope? And Jesus said, do you believe that I can do this with your life? Do you believe that I have your best interest in mind? Do you believe that I want to use you to make a difference in your school, to make an impact in your world? If Jesus is standing there in the tightrope and says, listen, I want to use you. I want to use your life. Are you willing to get in that wheelbarrow and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. Because when we begin to really play the part we begin, when we begin to allow Jesus, or, or when we begin to put our faith and our trust in Jesus, that's when our life can truly change. I believe that God wants to raise up your generation to make an impact in this world like never before. And I believe that he wants to do that through 180, whether it's in Norwalk or Port Clinton or Sandusky. I believe that God wants to use the chapel in 180 to impact North Central Ohio in a great way. But he needs you to do it. He needs you to step up. He needs you not to just believe in him, but to trust him. To be willing to take a step of faith and say, God, listen, I'm going to find that person in my school that's sitting by themselves in lunch. And I'm going to be, become their friend and I'm going to just show the love of Jesus to them. I'm going to walk into my school and not worry as much about what everyone thinks of me. But I'm going to look at how I can serve others and show the love of Jesus to others. So here's the thing I want you to do. Again, every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to mess with this a long time, so be ready. Here's the thing. If you're in this room tonight and you'll say, Tim, listen, I, I'm kind of new to this whole church thing, but man, I, 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 what you and Joe have been saying has really been hitting my heart. Been, it's been making me think, and, and I can't necessarily explain it, but I just feel something inside of me that, that I need to respond tonight. And you want to... You want to commit your life to Jesus, as, as Joe talked about, you know, getting saved. You, you want to do that tonight. I'm going to simply ask you, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm simply going to ask you to look at me. I'm simply going to ask you to look at me and then make eye contact with me, and then once I acknowledge you, put your head down, so just continue to look at me until I, until I make eye contact. But if you're in this room and you want to do that, I'm just simply going to ask you to look at me. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Several. Cool. Not going to do anything to embarrass you between you and me. So here's the other thing. Maybe for some of you in this room, thanks. Maybe for some of you in this room, you say, man, I've, I've done this church thing, man. I've been around it. And I've believed in Jesus, but... I need to step, I need to, I need to really step out in my faith. I need to, I need to commit to this. I need to, it not just be about the surface and about wearing the right clothes and playing the right part, but I really need to, I need to get in, 
I need to get in the wheelbarrow. If that's you tonight, I'm going to ask you just to look at me as well. You need to recommit. You need to recommit. Just look at me and then put your head down. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm sure this is a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. Quite a few of us. Quite a few of us. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. So here's what I want to do. I, I'm not going to lead us in this prayer, but I just simply want... I'm sorry, you guys can look at me. You don't have to keep your eyes closed anymore. Here's the thing I want you to do real quick. Don't, don't, don't lose me here. I just One more second. We're going to pray. But here's what I want you to understand. Talking to God is just you and me. Like It's like you and me having a conversation. You just talk to God. You don't have to say the right words. You don't have to... It's just you having a conversation with God. So when I pray, I just want you to take a moment. And whatever and however you responded... However you responded, I just want you simply to pray, Lord, if, if you were the first one that said, Lord, I want to commit my life to you, and, and I'm not sure I understand this whole save thing, but man, I, I just, I, I want to respond to this feeling in my heart, then I just want you to say, God, forgive me of my sin. Just simply, yeah, God, Jesus, ask me, forgive, forgive me of my sin and help me to, to start this relationship with you. And if you were in the second group and you were just like, hey, I just need to recommit. I need to step up. I need to, to, to make my faith count for something. I need to get in Jesus' wheelbarrow. I'm going to ask you just to, just to pray that prayer. Jesus, I need to step it up. I need to, I need to, to quit just believing. I need, to, I need to trust. And I need to take my faith to another level. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and I thank you for all that are here tonight. And God, Lord, there are many in this room, Lord, some that have responded to, to your nudging, Lord, to, to give their lives over to you and to, to put their, not only their, their faith and their trust, but their belief in you, God. And there's others of us in this room tonight that we need to, Lord, we, we've had a relationship, but our relationship's kind of been stagnant. Our relationship has kind of been, Lord, just easy and non-existent. It's just, but Lord, tonight we need to step it up. We need to get in the wheelbarrow and trust you with our lives. So Father, I pray that tonight as we, as we wrap up this portion and we move into the next portion of the night, God, I pray that you will just, Lord, help each and every one of us. Lord, as, as we kind of talk in our small groups, I pray right now that, that, that we'll be able to, Lord, t- begin to take that next step. As we get in the wheelbarrow and as we begin a relationship with you. So, Father, we give you praise, Lord, tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.